out. It looks like the clock is about to strike midnight on this Cinderella story. It's uh, refreshing, yet uh, displeasing to the eye. Somebody has run out on the field. Some goofball in a hat and a red shirt. Now he takes off the shirt. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. In the dying seconds! Unbelievable! They wouldn't say die! That just shows that they didn't come to play. They really come to play here at the MCG tonight. Welcome to a very special grand final week edition of They Came to Play. Well, here we are, Danny McGinley, our worst nightmare. <laughs> it is a Geelong Richmond grand final. Uh, how are you, mate? Mate, I am. I'm, I'm a bit, you know, I'm not as devastated as you. I don't yeah, My, my yeah. hatred for the Cats is, uh, well, this week, non-existent. <laughs> Go the hoops. Yeah. <laughs> I said to my father, who's not a footy fan at all, I just, you know, he's, he's based in uh, Scottish soccer, yeah. and uh, all I had to explain to him was a, a team wearing hoops was playing a team that wears a sash, and oh. he was all aboard the Catters. <laughs> yes. It's all about the... Uh, the Celtic hoops. Hello, Tess Armstrong. Hello. Also, my worst nightmare, come to think of it, of all of the grand finals that I could have imagined. I secretly, of course, wanted Richmond to be there, but I didn't want Geelong to be there. This is awkward for yeah, me. You secretly wanted Richmond to be there. You are bad at keeping secrets, Tess. <laughs> <laughs> is that really a but I didn't want to <laughs> say it out loud in case I Australia in World War II. She would be walking around dressed as a kangaroo. <laughs> Call me Nancy Wake. I'm like a spy. No one knows what, what I'm thinking or what's going on. But anyway, so I could, it couldn't be worse. It couldn't be worse for me. Anyway, <laughs> love hey, it. Ted, cry me a river. <laughs> You're in the bloody grand final. <laughs> I just found out today, I am stoked, but a friend of mine in Brisbane got tickets this morning um, and it's sold out. It's the first time, you know, in so long that it's been general public are able to get tickets and it's sold out in about half an hour, which is awesome. Um, and I was like a bit jealous, but weirdly enough, because this year has changed us all, I was just actually stoked that other people in a different state get to go to the grand final. What's become of me? Anyway, I thought yeah. I'd be so angry what? and jealous. What? I, you know what, I agree with you though. I am so happy that this grand final is being played in Brisbane. <laughs> I am just over the moon. If they could move it to Port Moresby, uh, I would be in favour of that. <laughs> but we might have to stick with Brisbane uh, for now. And what a what a disgusting dilemma to be faced with. Who do you barrack for? Geelong. Easy. Done. Right. So Richmond limo. I say Geelong because the story of Gary Ablett Jr. Uh, returning home and winning a flag for the club that uh, he that family has given so much for is actually a genuinely good football story. Mm, right, okay. and also it'll annoy Hawthorne fans. So it's a win-win. Well, I'm torn because if Richmond win, then. There'll be this ridiculous debate over who's been the best team of the last ten years. Yeah. Oh, is it Hawthorne or is it Richmond? Oh, where? When everyone knows it's Bulldogs, twenty sixteen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that'll be annoying. So if Richmond don't win, then that's just not even a debate. It's just clearly Hawthorne. Um, however, if Geelong win, then the arguments start. Well, who's the best team of this era? Because now Geelong have won four flags. Hawthorne won four. 
you know, the best team of the 2000s, you know. Uh, it's, it's, I, thank you, Limo. Just for when people were probably starting to feel sorry yeah. for Hawks and rem- and forgetting how yes. insufferable yes. you all are, <laughs> you're really good at bringing it home. You are, a, you, you are doing the Lord's work. Thank you, Limo. <laughs> and it is my pleasure uh, just to remind you all why you hate us. Uh, but that's that's what I'm faced with this weekend. That's what all Hawthorne fans are faced with this weekend. We all have our own reasons. Uh for Barry, you 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 love the Gary Ablett Junior story, I do, yes, which is a great story, but it's not enough to get me over the line. Okay, fair enough. Um, so that's where I'm sitting. Tess, who will you be barracking for? <laughs> because we haven't been clear this year because you've kept it such a secret. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's been hard to establish because yeah. I'm currently still wearing yellow and black every day, but I will be barracking. For the Tigers, shock horror. Oh, okay. um, well, let's talk, talk us through this big decision you've made. Yeah. You know, I won't be talking about how they'll win, but I'll be barracking for them and hoping that they win, as is my style, um, and hoping that we beat Geelong. I want it to be, like last year, so over and done with at quarter time that everyone says it's the worst grand final of all time and that Queensland is like that is the worst sport of all time. AFL never succeeds there because this grand final is so bad for spectators. That's how much I want to be in front by like 150. You want, you bring your own personal comfort ahead of the growth of the sport we love. 100% because I'll, uh, in a little moment, we'll talk about the first, the prelim. And um, I nearly died. And also this week, um, for some bizarre reason, the bet is back on about the baby's um, love. Oh, no, okay, stop the presses. How did that that come back on? So I'm just going to say in a podcast that I know my husband will listen to, I don't remember saying this, but I also am quite pregnant and really forgetful at the moment. And so apparently what happened, which does sound like me, is that when I first made the bet and Richmond won, because Geelong was so bad that night, I felt sorry (laughs) for my beloved husband and I said something along the lines, well, if we ever play in a grand final, that might have to be the decider. Right? Because first of all, we have never played. We've only ever played in two grand finals over time. I have a long ingrained response in my life that Richmond don't play Geelong in finals and we always lose to them. So because we're winning, I kind of just said it and I don't really remember saying it, but, of course, he filed it away. (laughs) A big shout-out to all the law firms that Tess will be applying (laughs) (laughs) Sure, she's a she's a woman with attention to detail. <laughs> it's hormones. I can't control it. Anywho, so I was like, also, I'm a woman with a big heart. So if you want me to represent you, I'll go all in. Anywho, um, <laughs> but I just I think it was a pity thing, and then I regretted it. But then I thought, well, there's no way we're going to play each other in a grand final because that hasn't happened since 1967. Remember that, and so why would it matter? So I'll just say it anyway, and then of course. Uh, things unfolded over the weekend and it became a more a bigger reality that, of course, we were going to play each other in the grand final. But up until this point, it has been um, suspiciously civil in this house. Like there was nervous laughter on Saturday night and nervous laughter on Sunday. There's been a lot of messages from friends of ours to be like, how's your, how's your house and how's your marriage? And we're like, it seems fine at this stage. But the thing about having a nighttime grand final is it's too long to wait before uh, we're going to get any kind of result. And so I don't want to go early on 
any kind of trash talking or anxiety spirals. Tess, we're just going to stop you there. All right. Uh, Remember how through a lot of this, the year of this podcast, uh, Danny and I have said, well, Richmond is still clear flag favourites. And Mm -hmm. you and some other people have thought that we're trying to run some comedic narrative uh, (laughs) through this podcast built around Richmond's uh, favouritism for the flag. And anyone who's seen Limo and I do stand up know that we are incapable of comedic narrative. (laughs) 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 I mean, crowd work and dick jokes. (laughs) If you want to, if you want to know what our festival shows are about. Don't ask us the name of the show. <laughs> you have to come and see the show and just work it out for yourself. So that is that's been genuine analysis from us, and it's come true. Now, and further analysis this week, or sort of statistical support for our claim, came from Sir Swamp Thing, mm-hmm. who had the following statistic for us: um, in here are the list of the years where neither of the top two sides have made the grand final. Have you seen this stat test? Look, go for it. <laughs> okay, here it is. 1980, 2019, and 2020. It's only happened three times. Mm. Who won those well, grand finals? Well, that's, thanks for asking, Danny. <laughs> um, the results in those years, in 1980, Richmond won by 81 points. Wow. <laughs> in 2019, Richmond won by 89 points. Oh, I forgot. I blocked that from my memory. Yeah, yeah. And in 2020, well, surely, following on from this, if statistics are anything to go by and statistics are truth, that's a massive poster on my wall. Um, Richmond should win this by 97 points. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to hear your swamp and raise you some random man called Lachlan Essing who posted on the Geelong Football Club supporters' website that yeah. um, every time Richmond has won a final by a margin of six points, they've lost the grand final that year, 1927, 1929, 1940, and, of course, we won by six points on Friday night. It's, hang on, sorry, have you got anything after World War Two? No, but that doesn't matter because they were the big years of football. That was when football was at its best. I've got one more for you. I've got another stat. Yeah. Okay. In all of the years in a grand final where third has played fourth, <laughs> in none of those years has Richmond lost or Geelong won. Oh, there we go. <laughs> You know what years that those have happened? That twenty twenty. It's actually never happened. So I don't want to hear that Richmond are favourites or whatever because Geelong. Oh, have- you are on the wrong oh. podcast, sister. Oh, oh. Richmond. <laughs> I can't think of a year when a team has been more favoured to win the flag. Maybe two thousand with Essendon. Yeah, but even Perhaps. then, it was, it was there was a bit of a just could Melbourne do it? Pull off what the but, what had happened uh, round twenty. Richmond to me is so unbelievably unbackable as they've been all year. Mm, mm. And this, if they lose this week, that is that's almost time to sack Damien Harbour. <laughs> if they lose this week, yeah. I, well, yeah, you definitely sack him because he's ruined his chance at history. Um, probably, mm. and look, due to COVID, fi- the, like they're probably banking financially on a lot of uh, grand final DVDs to be sold, the uh, week posters. They've probably borrowed heavily. They might have to mortgage Punt Road Oval. Oh, yeah, mm. and that would mean then having to move to Tassie. But, yes. But what about the southern Jack Jumpers? Jack jumpers. Well, yeah. they would be probably the, the second Tassie team. Right. The Tasmanian Tigers, I mean, it works. Of course, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then, hey, Tess, you could, should we all go down for round three next year for the first Tasmanian derby oh, between, oh. which is also the Dreamtime game. The Tassie, the Tassie Tigers 
against the Southern Jack Jumpers. Good idea. Now, I've just free heard the last two weeks. Who are the Southern Jack Jumpers? The Southern Jack Jumpers are the merging of North Melbourne and Essendon to be the first team based in Hobart. <laughs> I've never been able to say this, but I'm going to preface it. I'll be giving birth that week. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to make it. Um, but, you know, barrack hard for the Tassie Tigers. So anyway, I don't want to hear that we're favourites because Geelong have won their finals much more emphatically than we have. They haven't had to play a bye, which, as you know, is their big cursed issue. Um, so there's been no bye for them to stuff it up afterwards. And Richmond... Um, have had to go to Port Adelaide and we played a really close game and, um, yeah, that's why Richmond. Extra day break, which is invaluable, no injuries. Yeah. Um, Favourable umpires, no doubt. But, yeah, you'll get, you'll get some Richmond umpires There's no no doubt because they're all Richmond umpires. Because they're all Richmond umpires. Hard to find umpires not Richmond. Uh, I mean, Razor Razor Ray was boned from the last two weeks of the finals because he said he didn't like Richmond that Uh, much. Nothing nothing to do with the quality of his umpiring. Do you know know, the first time, though, that the teams that have had the break uh, have both lost? That's never happened before. No. It's a bit... um, Uh, You know how people keep making... um, you know, rules about the pre-finals bye. Like, you know, it means that Port Adelaide, it was no point in playing finishing first and second because you're stuffed because then you have to have two breaks or whatever. But, like, we, when we won our grand finals, we won the first week and then had weeks off and then still won. And then also a couple of those times, like, I know it's tricky, but, like, there isn't really a pattern yet to make sense yeah. of how the impact of the pre-season, pre-finals by, particularly in a pandemic year, I don't think that you can make anything of this year at all. I agree, Tess. No, I think you're, I think you're right mm. there. It's just a shame that uh, Adam Simpson at West Coast was a big believer in uh, you should just lose the first week so you can uh, <laughs> yeah. go all the way through. Mm, <laughs> mm. He really missed, he re- read the tea leaves really right. <laughs> Now, shall we uh, shall we have a look at these preliminary finals? Oh, yep. Uh, from the weekend, let's start with uh, Friday night. Oh, Port and the Tigers. God, I was getting annoyed at this game. Oh, I got yeah, I got proper emotional. It was uh, it was fun. It was it was a great t- tight game. Uh, my favourite moment was mm. one of the umpires, by the way, oh, yeah. when uh, one of the no, probably a Tigers player dived. Uh, and then complained that didn't get free kick. Did you hear the mic'd up umpire oh, telling off? I wrote it down. When you exaggerate, you make it very hard for us. It was not <laughs> us. It was Connor Rosie from Port Adelaide. God. Oh, no, anyway. yes. Let's not name names. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was definitely a Richmond player. <laughs> <laughs> we're, not, we're, not gas, we're not gas lamping you, uh, yeah, Tess. Yeah. This oh. is... <laughs> But how good is that? When you exaggerate, you make it very hard for us. That's that's like Chris Fagan, I'm not angry, I'm just disappointed. <laughs> totally. Um, Tess, how were you coping in that last quarter when Laddams kicked that goal with about 10 minutes to go? I I was not well. I was un, I was physically unwell. I also thought, so I had this thing where, you know, I didn't know whether to sit down, stand up, walk around the room, like turn around, leave the room. Like I had no idea what to do because we haven't played in um, close games very much <laughs> or any close finals. And so I was like, I don't have, 
I don't have any coping mechanisms or like anything to go back to or anything like that. I'm also um, prego and then I was like, oh, my leg was shaking like quite involuntarily and I was so anxious and I was filled with adrenaline. And then I said to my husband, do you think this is bad for the baby? And, of course, the joy of never having had children or medical degrees, we both said, no, it's probably having fun. (laughs) it's drunk on it's drunk on adrenaline having a ball and then the joy of course that followed the final siren and the tea i just burst into tears the dog was dancing i was dancing so i thought that makes up for the adrenaline um anxiety that may have done some damage but it was just so so stressful and i really like it really went down to the why i didn't feel as though it was completely out of control and i had kind of come to terms with whatever happens, happens, because it had been such a good game that I thought, well, if Port win, that's good for them. And if we win, then I'll be. You, you didn't think that. You never thought that. You never think that. Your baby doesn't understand language right now and knows you never said that. I'm the one that said to my husband, oh, well, if we're ever in a grand final to make him feel better, that's who I am. I don't know who, I don't know how to deal with it and to become more of a hard-edged mole who will enjoy the suffering of another team i need to get there and i may get there on saturday with geelong who knows just as a side note when you when you are a fully fledged lawyer and you've got yourself some business cards i think they should say hard edge mole definitely on your on your legal business card you can't be what you can't see so you just got aim high i like it hey what did you make of and i believe i've heard whispers this week that there is a betting uh, scandal slash investigation into Ken Hinckley uh, for putting Darcy Burn Jones on Dusty Martin. <laughs> He's being investigated for trying to help uh, Richmond win. Poor old Darcy Burn Jones. He's had an amazing year, and like he, every time I see him play. I just think, oh, he's so good. He's such a cult hero. And then on Saturday, on Friday night, I just thought, I feel so sorry for you. Well, take that poor <laughs> child off Dustin Martin. Yeah. Like you just shouldn't be allowed to put, you shouldn't be allowed to have anyone play on Dusty. Just don't worry about it. Unless it's um, Matt DeBoer from GWS, who does a very good job, or Levi Greenwood from Collingwood. They both do a very good job. Apart from that, save the sensible, soul, sensitive souls of your players and do not bother putting someone on Dusty. I wonder yeah. if it's legal to, like, if you could bring back certain old taggers to take on Dusty. Like, like could could the dogs bring back Libba Senior? Mm, yeah, interesting. <laughs> who, well, they've got Geelong this weekend. Who, who will Cameron Ling? Cameron come back Ling. To, I like to, that idea. To tag Dusty this weekend. And I mean, Jimmy Butler. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, that would be pretty uh, good. But he was, he was very good. I did laugh because earlier in the game I thought, like, he was really good but not, like, the best player ever but then they still end up um I I was like oh you know Dusty's had an average game but I think that's just that that is pure arrogance right because that is someone who's watched every game a hundred times and thinks that's not one of his best games but then Swamp came through with the goods after the game and said of course he's 20 plus disposals and two plus goals in VFL AFL preliminary finals right that's in history how many people have had 20 plus disposals two goals Doing uh, it well can I guess uh, is, okay, just answer this question first. Is Dusty the only one? Yes. <laughs> no. Well, uh, no, no, no. Lee no. never did that. No, no, no. 84 players have done it once. 
13 players have done it twice. Dusty's the only person to have done it three times. He's a freak. He's a he's a finals freak of nature. And then the very next day we got Nick Floston numbers in the COVID numbers and I just thought the world is shining on Richmond. It was good. How old is Dusty, um, Tess? I think he's 29, isn't he, or 30? He's probably got like, what, maybe three years left? Nah, next year. He's <laughs> he won't play on past Nick. He's 29 and he's from the country. So country people, 29 is like 25. Yeah. We've Can got five years like- left. Do you know what job he should have afterwards? Oh, no. Because I was genuinely watching him. The way he can read the ball better than anyone else, it's mm. like he has an innate understanding of physics. Surely airline pilot. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that I'd like to get on a plane where we're <laughs> Captain Dusty Martin. <laughs> What's Qantas's policy on neck tats? <laughs> I don't want neck tats on the pilots. I just don't. It's a level of caring about life that I don't want to see in my pilot. I mean, the other issue is that, um, you know, you'd say, you said, you know, that's his accent, but he wouldn't speak at all. So he'd be like, Dusty, what's wrong with that? What's what the what's that noise? And he'd just be silent. Like he, he never speaks at all. He never yeah, yeah, had anything never to say. And that's quite unsettling. His, his, his heritage is, is Kiwi, isn't it? Yes. So, okay, in my head now, Dusty Martin's voice is uh, Tamawera Morrison in uh, Watch We're Warriors. Oh, I so said, like, hey, great game today, Bruce. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm pretty happy with my four, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. I only got 30 touches, eh? 30 touches. I'll try a bit harder next week. Is this racist? Are we allowed to do this? Ask Dusty if it's racist and see what he has to say. Anyway, so. <laughs> I just, um, he's a total freak. And if he wins, if if we win this week, because I know you can win a Norm Smith and a losing grand final, but it's very rare. So if we win and he plays well, I think he'd be the only one that's won three, Norm Smith. Hey, hang on, just say that again. Does he be the only? Person. Oh, three Norm Smiths, yeah, he would be. He'd be the only one. So I kind of want. I mean, I do want to win, obviously, but I kind of also want that. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> whoa. You're giving up your cover, Tess. I'm beginning to think she's a spy. Yes. <laughs> you know that Interesting. Woman? Hey, can we, sorry, just, can we just get back to the game for a second? Yeah. How was that unbelievable deliberate out of bounds that was paid oh, that would, that, for okay. Kane Lambert to kick the goal that puts you back in front? No. I mean, that was that was verging on cheating. No, it wasn't. Yeah, the umpires seemed to be on shuffle. Like there were yeah. some really obvious, really soft things that were paid, and then there were other times when blokes were punched in the face. <laughs> and it was, ah, play on, you're not bleeding. Yeah, yeah, it was a bit odd, and also the prevalence, like it was like Chekhov's deliberate out of bounds because there was like six, I think, in the game where the average is like one or two. Uh, yes, yes. Tess, Lemo and I are sharing, um, uh, can you dumb it down a shade? <laughs> I, I think you mean the che- bloke from Star Trek. Chekhov's what? And, and Lemo thinks Chekhov played for Fitzroy in the 60s. <laughs> um, just so you know, I don't play chess. So I don't know what <laughs> analysis, what that metaphor is. What, what, what is Chekhov? So um, for those listening, which is not Lemo and Danny, in a movie sometimes there's a little prop. It's called Chekhov's gun. Sometimes a gun is there and you're like, why is that gun there? And then later on someone's killed by that gun and you're like, oh, oh, that's why the gun was there. So if you were watching this as a narrative piece, which I was, um, with highs and lows, difficulties and all of the above, um, you would think like when Jack Graham, oh, my God, when Jack Graham got injured and I thought, oh, no, 
he's going to have put his body on the line and then if we win, he's going to miss out on another grand final. But he didn't anyway. And so the deliberate rules, I was like, there are so many deliberate events and we got paid so many of them against us. So get stuffed with, oh, that's an unfair one. Yeah, just going, since you're going all highfalutin now, Tess, I think a lot of them were, were Schrodinger's deliberate out of bounds, where they were both out of bounds and both deliberate and not. <laughs> I, I I felt like it was a little, to me, it was more, more your Pavlov out of bounds. <laughs> I thought whenever. The, whenever Richmond wanted one, they got it. <laughs> well, we, exactly. Whenever the ball was near the boundary line, the umpires just blew their whistle. So that's, <laughs> it's called Pavlov's whistle. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably deliberate. It's over here. Why not? Let's just wing that yeah, up. Yeah. And then we didn't get any really on um on Saturday night. So it was very it was it was very yeah. odd. But uh whatever. One one decision does not win make. So there were all the other ones. They had plenty of chances. They should have kicked all those goals that they missed, but they didn't. And we kicked our goal. And Kane Lambert would if he tried that kick like 15 times. He wouldn't get it 15 times. So get stuffed. Anyway. Um. <laughs> um, and the, uh, you know, the Brad Ebert concussion was quite hard to watch. Oh, my God. That was horrible. And he went down and we interviewed him this morning on radio and he said that he did start doing, like, he can remember spoiling and he can remember falling and being taken off. He can't remember the crowd cheering. But he said as soon as he could gather any sort of sensible thought, his first thought was, okay, if I have a concussion test Monday, then that's five days clearance of the grand final. So I just need to get through concussion. I was just trying to do maths to get himself into the grand final. But there's no way he would have played. No. If no way. Final. But the fact that he was able to do the maths proves the concussion wasn't that bad. Like that, <laughs> that should actually be the concussion test on prelim. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All righty. Can you make it to 7.40 next Saturday? Hang on. Carry the one. Yeah, uh, yeah you can. You're through. Whether you say yes or no, that is the right answer. <laughs> I, and he told us the story of coming off and his hair being, not being able to have sort of clear thoughts and everything else. And I said to him, if you were playing in the grand final this week, would your answer to that question have been that you went off and did a Sudoku on the sidelines <laughs> and, a, and a cryptic crossword? <laughs> it, was, um, <laughs> it was just so horrible to see. And also because the two weeks before when they'd won their first um, final, a very similar thing happened with Xavier Dersma, who was completely out cold yeah, on the ground. Yeah. And so I was like, I've got to stop watching the port games because they are like horror movies. They should come with a, war- with a different rating. <laughs> With a warning. And in a weird bit of symmetry, uh, Xavier Dersma uh, wants Brad Ebert's number seven. Oh, I mean, Brad Ebert's barely even cleaned out his locker and Xavier <laughs> Dersma's already hassling him for the he's, number seven. He's fetching it with a bow and an arrow, just ready to yeah. go. I love Xavier Dersma and I love Connor Rosie. What a freak he was oh, man. in there. How, how amazing to think it's, he's only a second-year player. Yes. Yeah. They're, no, they're, they're sorted. The future's bright, I think, at Port Adelaide. Yeah, and uh, future's bright for AFL. I, had a, I was texting a mate who lives in Sydney, he's a rugby league guy, uh, notionally a Giants fan, will watch the Giants yeah. when they're in the finals, and uh, he was complaining that the Melbourne Storm Canberra Raiders game was boring, and I said, mate, flick over to the real footy and have a look, and he's like, yeah, all right, I'll do it. And by the end, he was going, that is the best game of footy I've seen. Right. Man, and, uh, yeah, Connor Rosie uh, just was... He's it's his new favourite player. He's very good, Rosie Dersma. 
Burn Jones had a stinker on Dusty, but still a very good young footballer. Yeah. Super and Butters and Amon. Like they've got so many good yeah. young players. I mean, Travis Boak is coming to the end of his career and still finished like second or third in the brown line. Like you're pretty sorted. <laughs> I feel oh, like. yeah. yeah, he was uh, second in the brown line. So, yeah, there's plenty for uh, Port fans to look forward to next year. And, of course, Richmond uh, will win the grand final this weekend. Not much point talking about the next game, but I guess we will. Ah, go on. I'll, I'll take this one if you want. Yeah. I thought, did you like, Lemo, the bit at the start of the game, pre, pre-match, pre where Luke Hodge was interviewing Gary Ablett Jr., possibly before his final oh, ever yeah. game? Yes. And then, I, I think, I know, we all know Hodge is a competitive man. And, yes. you know, that one of his main rivals was Gary Ablett yeah. Jr. Well, did you find it weird that they finished the interview with them both having a shot at goal to see who was better? I, I loved it. And they both <laughs> missed? <laughs> yeah. Because that's exactly what I would do in that situation. <laughs> My favourite bit of that was that they didn't even show Luke Hodges. Like they showed Gary Ablett's because it got close, but they just cut away from Luke Hodges. I was like, where the hell did that ball go? Hey, and was anyone else listening to Luke Hodges' special comments thinking to themselves, can someone tell the commentary team just to shut up and let Luke Hodge provide yeah. this analysis through the entire game? It was unbelievable. Yeah. It was just it was a bloke who understands the game like no one else and was just buried deep in it. Yeah. And it was just fascinating. Also, they need to turn up his microphone because every time he speaks, I have to like turn the tally up heaps because he speaks so quietly, but also because he's saying the most interesting thing you've heard all night. So I was like, I don't want to miss it. But then I had to have to turn it down again. It's a real roller coaster. So turn up his microphone and no one else speak and just have silent commentary, and then Luke Hodge special comments. That <laughs> is my plan. You didn't, yes. you didn't like it when, when it went back to BT who <laughs> was uh, a bit loud. But also I loved when BT was talking up the boundary umpires, saying this yeah. group of guys, many boundary umpires, when they throw it in at full short, not this team tonight. Go, you are officially out of gear, BT. Right. <laughs> but no, the most endearing thing yeah. about BT, and I can say this because there's not that many endearing things to me about BT, but he loves the umpires, and he, like, super has a lot of respect for them. So every time an umpire, like, you know, makes a mistake or whatever, like, he never bags them or, like, he's vicious about the umpires or he just, like, respects them. And I thought that is, like, a nice thing to do con- considering the vision of him shaking his fist at the umpire when he played. I was like, that is quite good. I'm, I'm starting to feel there's a lot of hatred towards the Channel 7 commentary team at the moment. I'm starting to feel like... Uh, why is, why is it trendy to bag Bruce? He's like the yeah. greatest commentator of all time in a, you know in Australia. His passion is unrivaled. His research is unrivaled, and yet yeah. he's a punchline these days. I'm starting to get a bit <laughs> leave Britney alone about Lee. Bruce. Don't you get the don't you get the feeling, Lemo, that it has something to do with Bruce's question answer asking? That's what it is. He is unbelievable. He's passionate. He is knowledgeable, but if he asks one more rhetorical question, I will kill him. Uh, it is yeah, it's, uh, unbearable. It's his commentary that's evolved into his commentary that style because he never used to be like that, did no, he? I wouldn't no, no. But is is it him just trying to engage the other? Anyway, but I do agree. I wish he wouldn't ask so many questions. I wish he would just describe the action, which he's very, very good at. And BT, a special shout out to him. I can't remember if it was Friday night or Saturday night, but there were three players kind of laying on top of each other and BT said they're lined up like a choo-choo train. 
<laughs> I can't remember which game that was in. And then there was nothing from the rest of the commentary team. And he just chimes back in and says, yes, a choo-choo train. <laughs> Uh, which I quite enjoyed. I, I also liked, uh, this was actually Friday night where at one stage they cut to John Platten in the crowd. You know, they'll often do that in yeah, prelims, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, to cut to a great and how they're reacting. Yes. They did it once because John Platten looked so bored. <laughs> I bet he was. I bet he was. I'm so uh, glad he's kept his hair. Like, you know, when people keep the hair from their, because um, he could easily have cut that hair off, but he still has exactly the same do, but it's just white. And I thought, oh, it's just lovely. I think the commentary actually said he looked like uh, uh, Doc Brown from uh, Back to the Future. Well, Hamish yeah. McLaughlin certainly said there that Monday go. night at the Brownlow. That's what I'm saying. When they Sunday cut night. to different uh, – Sunday night at the Brownlow. Yeah. And they cut to different Brownlow. That's where I got it. Um, but, yeah, Brisbane, they had a lot of passengers the other night. And uh, you know what? I turned it off at half time. Really? I did. I, I just couldn't watch it. I couldn't watch Geelong win so easily. It just annoyed me. And Thanks I really for doing your research for our podcast. Yeah, mate. yeah, I know. I really love Brisbane and it was just hurting me too much. So, you know what? I turned it over. I've been watching this great series on SBS On Demand called The Head. Has anyone seen this? No. I couldn't recommend it more highly. It's a murder mystery set in Antarctica during the winter when it's all dark for six months. Oh, cool. And no one's allowed in, no one's allowed out. Like the opposite of that Christopher Nolan movie, Insomnia, where it's daylight for 24 hours. Oh, it's daylight, yeah. So this is dark for oh. all, the whole time. And it's just so great. It's really, really good. What's it? What, it's called The Head, is it? It's called is The it Head. Norwegian or something? I'm just assuming uh, SBS, Scandinavian. It is, yeah, yeah. It's Scandinavian. But I'm trying to think of which. It might be, um, it might be Danish. Do we maybe. call it Scandi? In, Scando? Scando. I don't know. I've, I've, always called, I've always called him Scandi. I think it's Danish. But get onto it, called The Head. It's great. I saw an open mic uh, comedian in Brisbane uh, who said he's, it was my mum's Chinese, my dad's Norwegian, so I'm Scandinavian. <laughs> Scandinavian. <laughs> I love it. Um, um, speaking of so murders. Yeah, I, couldn't watch, I couldn't even watch the second half. All right. Did you watch the brown eye, Lima? Uh, look, again, I was watching The Head, but I had the, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had the brown eye on the other television. Um. On the uh, other television, jeez, the, oh, yeah. the mansion at <laughs> yeah, yeah. the, the Lehman, stately Lehman Manor. It's not, they're not lined up next to each other. <laughs> it's just it's just an enormous open plan area. You know, I'm uh, picturing your lounge room that looks like the control room at NASA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not quite. I have a, a test in my enormous open plan area. I have a golf buggy that takes me from the lounge <laughs> to the kitchen. Uh, that's where I drive it if the butler's... See, I, I never, I try not to admit when I've turned games off on here, but if, if this is the case, then uh, listen to stay tuned for a, a lot of updates on my FIFA career. Yeah. <laughs> right now I'm managing Brighton and Hove Albion. They had a good uh, win on penalties against Liverpool last oh, yeah, night. Right. Yeah. Good job. Thank you. Good job. Made Matty Ryan the captain. Uh, <laughs> so, but look at, the, look at this second half. I mean, oh. Brisbane have kicked two goals, three... To seven goals, eight, oh, 15 scoring shots to 10. I just couldn't. There's no way I could have sat through that. <laughs> I do this. Long always play well against Brisbane. They do. Yeah. Bizarrely, I'm going to be, I think, am I going to be breaking for Geelong? I haven't, I haven't decided yet. I mean, Richmond are going to win. We know that. Yeah, absolutely. And they're going to win by 97 points. Statistically, that's a fact. Yes. Right? But 
I need to cheer that someone. Is, that is a, a, almost as hard an edged fact as Tess is trying to be a hard edged mole. In, in fact, let me have a look at this. I'm just Googling it. Here we go. Uh, I'm looking at one of the betting agency websites right now. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it says Richmond by 97 points is paying a dollar one. You can't even, <laughs> it's not even no point putting a bet on Richmond to win by 97 points. I, I was. I was sad for Brisbane. Of course, I was barracking very hard um, for Brisbane because I didn't want to have to play Geelong in the grand final. However, it was, Geelong was so good. Like, they were really good. And all their, like, rando players were really good, which means that you kind of stuffed. And the two Gary Ablett goals, albeit one with a Patrick Dangerfield throw, but that happens all the time. Um, were just awesome to see. And then I thought, oh, I'm pretty glad that Gary Abbott's last game is in the grand final. Hopefully they lose. But even still, it is good that he came home because he wanted to play in the grand final and he does get to play in the grand final. And I feel like I was kind of swept up in them all. And I've become fond of Chris Scott in the last two weeks, which will change now because I remember all the stuff he said about our team. But I but that, is that because he's got so much more handsome? Since he moved up to Queensland, no, I just loved. I've just, I just love real talk in press conferences. And last week, when he said, you know, the talk about how we lose all the time, or in losing in finals, or our finals record, you know, I don't know how to say this, but I just don't care. And I thought, oh, I love that so, so much because it was like, zip, it just zipped out all the. Oh, maybe we should ask him about the finals thing. And I just loved it so much that I was like, oh, I can't be cross at you. And Brisbane, I thought, well, last year, you know, two years ago, Brisbane were just getting absolutely flogged still. Last year, they made the qualifying final and were, you know, eliminated souls. The, the year, oh, no, they, did they make the prelim last year against GWS or was it the, anyway, whatever. But they made. Straight sets. Collingwood lost last year. Two in a, two in a row. Two finals years in a row and the Brownlow. And I was like, on a trajectory, it's annoying they don't get to play at the Gabba the only year the grand final is ever going to be at the Gabba. However, on a trajectory, I'm pretty happy for them and I feel like they're doing pretty well. And You're pretty happy for them, but you want the game of AFL to die <laughs> because... <laughs> I didn't want to also barrack against them in the grand final because I was like, at least with Geelong, I get to barrack like heartily against them and feel no guilt about it because then they're a really strong side who I've had a long-term rivalry mm. against, whereas there's no, I wouldn't feel bad about it. I Like I don't have any reason to feel bad if we beat them. I will feel thrilled if we beat them, whereas with the poor old Lions. Like, if we were coming up against them, we would be the clear baddies. And in this case, we're only half baddies and they're the other half of the baddies, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, it's going to be interesting on the weekend. Do you, what, what do we think is, uh, well, let's, should we do some tips now? Actually, let's wait for the Patreon edition of the pod. Yeah. Yeah, yes, we would like uh, to. And when the teams are out. While you've been talking about your husband, uh, your cat-supporting husband and how he's been uh, doing it, we'd like a right of reply mm-hmm. from. From Sammy. Oh, yeah. Can we get him on the Patreon episode? I think he'll do it. I I would also like to see what Sam says to people who aren't me because I think he's like to me, oh, you know, whatever's good for you and the baby. But then I feel like if we get on with other people, he will trash talk and then that will give me an open door. Man, so, folks, if you want to hear (laughs) the battle of the family, husband and wife, domestic, uh, (laughs) domestic warfare, 
Yes. Uh, join our Patreon this week. <clears throat> Please get involved. Um, oh, speaking of Patreons, I got a message from uh, one of our Patreons, Whiskers, uh, who is a West Coast supporter in Perth, and he's got a couple of questions for us all this oh, week. Oh. Uh, number one, uh, any suggestions on things to do Saturday night? Is there anything good on TV? <laughs> oh, the head. <laughs> the head. There What's you go. The head? And uh, he also asked uh, about the grass being trucked from uh-huh. MCG to Brisbane. Um, do do us Victorians, so I guess this is just for me and Tess, Limo, although let's have a South Australian sure. input, um, do we have any idea how pathetic, insular and paranoid this sort of stuff makes Victorian football look to the rest of the country? Um, first of all, <laughs> yes. Second of all, it wasn't Victoria. We didn't vote on it as a state and then they sent around a ballot. We're doing council elections at the moment, but there wasn't an extra box down the bottom that said, do you want to turf some MCG <laughs> to Brisbane? Like, of course it's stupid and a waste of money, but it wasn't us and we're fine. You can have the grand final this year. Do you want to- do you want it to actually be a nice gesture if this became a regular thing where on the grand final there's a bit of turf from all of the grounds that matches have been played on each each week? What, what an incredible waste of time. Absolutely. Also, imagine, imagine how many more years then they would sign on to do the MCG at the grand final. They would be like, oh, the MCG is hosting the grand final now for 100 years because a little bit of turf from all the other places is coming. So that makes it even. So it's fine, you know. Um. I see Husey fired up on Twitter saying what a waste of money when businesses are going broke. How dare the state government waste $100,000? Anyway, got loads of likes and retweets and then someone pointed out that it's being paid for by some company. It's a rebel yeah. sport promotion. It had nothing to do with the government yeah, or the AFL. Right. Um, oh, wow. That's up there with the person who pointed out that uh, how unprofessional the AFL was because the rebel logo, one of the E's was backwards. Oh, right. <laughs> Idiot. Um, also, while, just while we're wrapping up, I want to give a shout-out to Charlie Cameron's uh, partner. I don't know if it's his girlfriend, his wife, yeah. or even uh, the lady who was just sitting next to him at the Brownlow. But during Lockie Neal's uh, acceptance speech, Charlie was clearly happy, tired, right. emotional, yes. uh, a few beers deep. He had uh, – this is probably why he's such a good footballer. He could not sit still. There was, <laughs> And he kept pulling out his phone, clearly because people are texting him going, you're on TV. Oh, yeah, right. And then she's whacking him going, keep looking at the camera, smile. He's finished his beer and he can't go get another one. <laughs> <laughs> he's had enough. They should have got him. How ridiculous that Lockie Neal presented the brown light to himself. Oh, my <laughs> God. They should have got Charlie Cameron to present Charlie. Oh, Charlie presents course. Charlie. But why did they need to? Like, they're all drinking and hugging. They're literally hugging each other and yelling across the table and spitting in each other's faces and doing shots together and stuff. I loved how that you could tell which teams uh, knew none oh, of their yeah. teams, none of their none of their teammates were going to win, and also they didn't want to watch any of the footage. The Adelaide Crows yeah. from like round nine was if anyone got a vote was <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no one's having to make a speech on TV that from <laughs> Not that side. Too many votes going their way. That was Brad Crouch. Was he in amongst the Crows celebrations? Yeah, Rory Sloan. I saw uh, was uh, leading the pack. I suspect Brad Crouch was taking it easy given recent. Events. Good on Lockie Neal. Um, so, Tess, how do you? How are you going to be spending the week? Given that you and your fella are deeply involved, uh, it's a busy week because uh, working in media means that everyone calls. I started the week, of course, by doing Brecky Radio um, on the ABC about the bet, the baby bet, uh, and then fielding, fending off 
people wanting to talk to, about Richmond for the rest of the week because I'm trying to go into a silent a silence cone. Um, except for the other podcast I do, The Outer Sanctum, which will be um, funny. And then I will just try and calm the farm all weekend, chill out a little bit. Saturday I might go into the bush for a little bit. I did see that the um, television coverage is starting at 10 o'clock in the morning, which I thought, oh, really? what the hell is going to be on the TV? Is it just grand finals all day? Is it the marathon? I don't know. They didn't say any information about it. They just said, Starts at ten o'clock on Saturday morning. Okay. I was like, oh. if it is the marathon, I'd love to to tell something that me and my mates have been doing for years, but I'd love to introduce it to the they came yes. to play family. Uh, grand final marathon bingo, uh, where oh, yeah. you all pick five grand finals uh, that are definitely going to be played, and you whoever gets the first all five. Like oh. I'll, <laughs> I'll always have the sixty six grand final in there. Yeah. Uh, this year we'll probably have 2017 and 20, 2018. Or 20, oh, no, the last Cats one, 2011. Yeah. Although they might put 09 because it's a better game. 09's a much better game. <laughs> They'll put Draw in. They might even put the dogs in there. But uh, everyone, let, let's everyone just send in the five. Yeah. Okay, we should also check that the marathon's on. Um, I mean, those Sydney West Coast games are bloody good. Oh, too. yeah, yeah. And I always like um, to, when, whenever there's one of those, I always like if the ball goes to the middle of the ground where the logo gives away what year it is, I always sort of look away just so I don't know which one's going to win. <laughs> so, uh, well, let's get involved with that on Saturday for the marathon being presented by Eternal Saturday and no doubt I mean, Fox Footy as well. Let's be clear. There is no information that there is a marathon. It may actually be Bruce asking questions from 10 o'clock until 7.30. <laughs> All right, well, I'll watch that as well. Signing <laughs> yeah. uh, up though, if they're, I, I mean, if they're answerable that Richmond will do well, I'm fine. Uh, and then Saturday night, um, things are a bit different in regional Vic. We may be able to watch it with another person, with another family, and so we may be able to watch it with my parents, and that would lessen the blow because I, you know, there would be other people in the room rather than just <laughs> Sam and myself. Right. But we will just have to yeah. see. Can you drive to Geelong from Ballarat? Yes. Is that legal? Yes. Are you going to go to – you should go down there on Thursday as if you were going to the training. Oh, I thought Except I should go there on Saturday. I will say um, when the other night there was a kind of this like trip down memory lane thing on the Geelong Addy website and there were photos of 2007 in the streets of Geelong and having grown up in Geelong and Geelong had never won a grand final, 2007 we were all like 18 or 19 was the best night of the town's life. Like my parents, for some reason, wanted to pick up food from town and there was cars stopped on like five-kilometre radius around the town. People just parked their car on the road, locked the car and then walked into the town and just partied the whole night. It was unbelievable. And like they'll never get that back, but it was super fun. 2009 was very similar because the grand final was so exciting and the town just completely went off. And so this weekend will be weird because, of course, you can't do that and they're going to try and stop it. But maybe I'll be able to drive through tooting the horn with the tiger scarf (laughs) out the window. I mean, I can only hope. (laughs) Well, I think after a 97-point victory, they'll get it. They'll understand. That will make you, Tess, officially a hard-edged mole. I (laughs) am growing into my role. (laughs) <laughs> um, on that note, let's uh, leave it. We'll do a Patreon after the teams are in <laughs> on Thursday. Yeah. Um, but, Tess, enjoy your week. Don't get too stressed. Thanks, enjoy it. Yeah, maybe. Have, have fun <laughs> and uh, have fun, everyone else, this week. Thanks for tuning in once again. 
Uh, if you are enjoying the pod, please tell a friend and uh, write a review, a nice one, preferably, uh, if, uh, if you've got some time and you're loving the pod. Uh, but thanks for tuning in. Uh, thank you, Danny. Thank you. Go Cats. Uh, thank you, Tess. Go Tides, please. And go Cats or Tides. I don't know yet. I'll tell you on Thursday night in the Patreon. All right. Thank you, team. <laughs>